Welcome to Talking Cars with Consumer Reports. We have a very special episode number two for you. It's recorded here on the floor of the New York Auto Show here in the Jacob Javits Center, way on the west side of New York. I'm Tom Mutchler. I'm Gabe Shenhar, Program Manager and Senior Auto Test Engineer. And we're here to talk about what we saw at the show. So Gabe, what do you think the most important car of the show was? Uh, I think there are probably two cars that are really important. Uh, one of them is a Toyota Highlander, which is the third generation of this uh, wonderful, very functional family SUV. And the other is a Jeep Cherokee, which uh, revives an old name, but it's actually the first uh, Jeep built by Fiat. Well, actually, I'm a bit surprised because I had another pick for one of the top two cars. But, but we'll talk with the Highlander first. It, it's really got a challenge because the current Highlander is our top pick mid-sized SUV. That's exactly right. But, uh, I mean, don't forget that the Highlander was uh, an half a notch smaller than the current competition. Now with the Chevy Traverse and the rest of the Lambda platform and, and others. So it kind of needed to uh, get on par size-wise and have a little more room, especially a third row seat. Yeah, I think having a four-inch wider rear seat's going to help a lot. Also, they're claiming it handles better. The thing I'm worried about, though, is that in recent Toyotas we've been seeing, the ride hasn't been that good, and some of the interior quality's been, you know, they put something nice, and then there's cheap stuff all surrounding it. I'm just as worried about that because the Highlander shares a platform with the Avalon and the ES, and those two cars... They're all Camry-derived, uh, yeah. Yeah, those two cars' ride has deteriorated a bit. So let's hope uh, they, uh, they, got, they didn't go uh, off the wall here. Yeah, let's hope they worked it out. I, I'm with you on the Cherokee. You know, it's a bit of a funny-looking thing. Yeah, that grill is a little uh, overdone, I think, in my opinion. But who knows? Maybe that's the, the thing they need. Maybe. I know a lot of people who owned older Cherokees, and if they were dead, they'd be turning over in their grave <laughs> from it. But, but they're not there yet. But no, you know, Jeep of all companies should have a decent small SUV, and they've all yeah. been crap. I and mean, the Liberty, oh God. Oh, what a, that was a disaster. I mean, those cars really belong in the museum. But anyway, I mean, the first nine-speed automatic transmission uh, for that uh, Jeep Cherokee. That's is, a lot of uh, shifting. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works. And a downsized Pentastar V6. Uh, as the up-level engine and, and three different uh, transfer cases. So, I mean, they really... Uh, There's like a thousand variations on that thing. And you can get a heated steering wheel, all these posh options. You know, Jeep, you think of it as hose it out and you're done. Oh, no, 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 don't hose out all. this one. I no. mean, this is going to... I mean, this is probably going to push scratch 40,000 uh, hours when it's all <laughs> equipped. I mean, they That's really want like money. I mean, it'll start probably at 26000 but it'll go up, way up. I mean, with all these options and features, uh, it's, it's going to be a... It, it's going to seal the gap between where the Grand Cherokee starts now, which is low 40s. But I also think, you know, it's giving you capabilities you don't have in this class. Because if you go way off-road with a RAV4 or a CRV, it's not coming back. Yeah, you're going to stay off-road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they don't have, you know, the RAV4 dropped the V6. This thing will tow 4,500 pounds with the V6, which normally you can't do with that small of an SUV. Yeah, it should, I really look forward to driving this. Yeah, me too. And I'm looking forward to take the Trailhawk on our Rock Hill. Oh, that should be a good time. Yeah. But you see, the car that I thought was really important here at the show, Cadillac CTS. I think it's, uh, I mean, personally, I think it's my favorite car here. It looks gorgeous. 
Uh, I can't wait to drive it. I mean, if it drives like the ATS, it's going to be uh, wonderful. And yeah, I, lo I love driving that ATS. That is a fabulous driving car. Right. And it finally lines up with the competition in terms of the ATS is now a three series competitor and the CTS is a five series E-Class competitor, a legitimate uh, competitor si size-wise without making any excuses. So I think it's it's really, an, um, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be as important volume-wise, but I think it's, uh, it's no, really BMW, an impressive No, because BMW's volume car. seller's a three series, so, you know, and ATS is selling really well. Uh, I worry about Q. I'm not, I don't love Q. I, I don't love it, you but. Ca you call uh, it, what do you, what's your nickname oh, for the yeah, acronym? Oh yeah, Q, of course, yeah. I think I've uh, been Cr quoted on that crime upon ergonomics. Crimes upon ergonomics, yeah. yeah. Someone from the Boston Globe, I think, quoted me on that. You got fans. <laughs> but no, you know, I really hope it drives like the ATS because they got a lot of weight out of it. What I love about the ATS is it feels light but yet it's so planted. And you know, to be fair, the current CTS is a great driving car. It is, and I think it still looks fresh and looks good. I mean, that chiseled look, I mean, I really like that. Yeah. So let's talk about a few of the other things that are here at the show. Um, Nissan brings out a Pathfinder Hybrid. Pathfinder Hybrid, as well as an Infiniti JX Hybrid, or whatever they change yeah, the name Q, of that uh, JX, Q something, yeah. Q60 maybe. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, that uh, it's it's a, it's a whole phenomenon: the um, proliferation of powertrains, more hybrids, more diesels, uh, more four-cylinder turbos. It's so a weird powertrain. Uh, I mean, a two-point-five-liter supercharged. Yes. With all-wheel drive or without? Uh, either way. Yeah. It's going to be available either way, and you know, if the Highlander has a hybrid. Why not the Pathfinder? Well, that's a funny thing. About a couple hours earlier, Toyota said, we're the only ones, you know, with a hybrid. And, well, that... Well, they need to update that uh, brief then. But they do sit eight. The Nissan that's only sits right, seven. That's right, yeah. And that's been uh, I mean, is, that's a knock against the Honda Pilot because the Pilot was the only game in town for eight passengers, I think, uh, standard, without choosing any different configuration. And now Toyota's on now that Toyota turf. Toyota is on that, yeah. One neat thing about the Pathfinder is that lithium-ion battery doesn't take up much room inside. You know, you still have the, it's still a tight third row seat, but, but you know, it didn't really lose any space. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, it's just going to make our life harder, choosing what to test and, uh, and how to uh, be focused on uh, powertrains that matter. Like you said, so much prolifer proliferation. Um, Acura MDX. Acura MDX uh, is uh, also an important car. Um, it, um, it is the luxury car for those that don't want to be seen in a, in a Toyota Highlander. Or a Lexus RX. Yeah, well, that doesn't have the third row seat, but no, uh, no, MDX. Which, is, which is missing a huge, Lexus needs that. Yeah. Uh, they say they shed the 275 pounds of um, weight from the MDX. But it's so. faster around the Nürburgring too. I mean, yeah, does that matter? Uh, a car that doesn't even sell in Europe, uh, but okay. I mean, I guess it's credentials. But it's um, just some uniform bragging rights that doesn't mean crap. Exactly. So I, uh, I'm just worried. I mean, they haven't been all that great about NVH. I mean, road noise has always been a little pronounced. So without the two, 275 pounds, uh, let's see how quiet it's going to be. And I mean, they have to uh, add mass for that new um, 
small offset. Oh, the, the uh, IIHS test. shallow offset yeah. test. Exactly. Yeah, um, you know, the funny thing about the MDX was is they had revealed it, they basically revealed it in Detroit. You know, they call it a concept. They put little tiny mirrors on it in 22s, 22-inch wheels, and that's right. the concept. I and mean, then, Honda doesn't do concepts. I mean, no. it's a... It's a company that doesn't do frivolous stuff like concept cars. So, so when the car came out here at New York, it's like no one clapped. It's like, yeah, we've seen this yes, before. Why exactly. are repetition of Detroit? Whereas you know, at the Jeep press conference, at the Chevy press conference, people are cheering, "Yay, Jeep!" You know, it's not that accurate. They're wasting their time a bit, I guess. Uh, no, that's just uh, you know, some uh, old pride. Well, fair enough. Especially with the Z28, everybody remembered having uh, a friend in high school having one of those old Z28. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, actually, <laughs> um, our colleague Mike Quincy took a closer look at the Z28. So we'll take a look at that. Z28 is back. No gold chains. No crazy mullets. No T-tops. But 500 horsepower. Manual transmission. Tightened up suspension lighter weight. This thing has got to be a blast. Thanks for that, Mike. Something else new here is a Land Rover Range Rover Sport. The Range Rover Sport, I mean, that's uh, really, now it's the real thing. I mean, the old Range Rover Sport was basically a, an LR4 that's in right. disguise. It was a body on frame, old thing, really heavy. Now it's the real thing. It's a Range Rover, it's a legitimate Range Rover because it's based on the new Range Rover, aluminum frame, uh, um, unified body, and they even managed to put a third row seat in that thing. Yeah, and it's 800 pounds lighter. That's It's almost five toms lighter. <laughs> yeah. uh, it looks a lot like an Evoque. It does. Which I is mean, not bad. That's not a bad thing. Don't, no. don't take that as a bad thing. And that's a good thing because you can distinguish it from the true Range Rover. And I think uh, applying those Evoque uh, styling hues really works well for, for that uh, size and proportions. That was a good move. Kia. Kia seemed to introduce everything they have in the show. You know, uh, you know, some car companies, you know, they, they tweak a button and it's a press release. Here, uh, there's a new Forte Coupe. There's, there's an Optima with waffle, a diamond pattern leather seats. Yeah, I mean, the whole uh, term all new has been cheapened uh, beyond recognition. They called the Optima all new? I think they call like everything all new. I mean that Scion TC this morning. They call that all new. Oh, that wasn't all new. So I it's mean, got 18 a new inch wheels and tires and, and red. Uh, they new radio. Red. Yeah, there's not so, much there. Yeah. But yeah, Kia. Um, the biggest thing there is the new Soul. The Soul, yeah. And uh, that's a redesign. That's a legitimate redesign, I think. It's bigger. There's a lot more room. You know, looking inside of it, it's nice inside now. Before it was a little very cheap. It was a cheap car, a cheap interior. Now, it almost seems like it's going after many, but with less of the weird. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. They have uh, direct injection engines almost everywhere now. So, we'll see. I mean, that's... Yeah, if, if it rides better and it's quieter, it really needs to be both of those things. Yeah. That could be a, that, a good uh, car. That uh, might elevate it from that basic low-rent uh, category. Speaking of basic, well, not so quite basic, not so quite low rent. Lots of little Germans here. Uh, Volkswagen Golf. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Golf, I mean, of course, it's on sale in Europe already, and I'm uh, surprised that uh, they revealed it here so early because it only goes on sale 
in a year from now as a 2015 model year. Yeah, they didn't even say what engine it's having, although no, it's, it's, it's have, a 1.8 uh, turbo. a variety of engines, but uh, yeah, the 1.8 uh, direct injection, uh, which is a fan, it's part of that family of 1.2, 1.4. We have uh, the 1.4 TSI engine in our Jetta hybrid, so. Yep. It does decent, uh, decent work there. Yeah, it, it'll, it might be pretty slick. I mean, and I looked inside that Golf, it looks really nice. Well, you know, that's a worry, because Volkswagen sucked the money and made a sucky interior in the Jetta. I mean, it's gotten a little better. But no, the Golf looks nice. And the GTI, that looks real nice. Yeah. That, Stuck uh, with the plaid seats. Oh, yeah. I dig the you, plaid seats. You have to have that, yeah. It's, I mean, it won't I have be a those GTI. plaid seats in my uh, old two GTIs. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's got to have that. Also among the little Germans, um, Mercedes brings out the CLA uh, 45, 360 this, horsepower. Oh yeah, 355 horsepower from a two-liter turbo. I mean, well, what's going to be the longevity of that engine? Um, that uh, is, is well, amazing. Actually, let's it's not hope because poof. <laughs> now, would you, now that car's about 46 grand. Would you buy that or would you buy a normal 3 Series or a normal C-Class? Well, I think the right comp competitor for this car you saw the concept WRX downstairs this morning, Subaru WRX or STI. I mean, that's going to be an AMG. That's uh, that's a CLA AMG. It's going to be a very focused, sports, track-oriented car, all-wheel drive. Huh. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of horsepower, in terms of uh, intent, I think the Subaru WRX is... That, is the one that might give it the run for its money. That's interesting. Also from Subaru, uh, finally their first hybrid. First hybrid. Which, uh, which makes sense. I mean, totally. come on. Yeah. You know, really, I mean, they Subaru showed us buyers. all these trees and all these brooks. And uh, of course, uh, it, it's, it's just a, a given that Subaru, you know, that um, politically correct kind of company needs to get Yeah, there's not hybrid. a lot of Mitt Romney stickers on the back of Subarus. Maybe in New Hampshire, but otherwise. No, it makes total sense with their buyers. I'm not sure, they're not really all in with this hybrid. It's a, I mean, they say only 10% improvement over the regular fuel economy of the XV, which I think we got 26. So to get 29 MPG and for a price of 28, $29,000. Maybe, maybe um, it'll work. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll work for some. I wish they put it in the Forester. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's not coming. What was a big surprise to me is that they even updated the Buick Regal. I love the Regal. I, I think love it's, that car. It's a great car no one buys. No one knows about it. Nobody gets it. That's why I'm surprised they updated it. You know, it's got a few more features. They took, instead of 100 buttons in the center stack, it's down to 55 or 60 maybe. Well, and so there is a new touch screen, I guess. And Yeah, they also, more of the capacitive switches we love to hate. And they did the same, similar updates to the LaCrosse. Some more stuff. Um, you know, interior new grill. You have to do what you have to do uh, to uh, get some sales. Honda, the Odyssey, it has a vacuum cleaner. It has a vacuum cleaner to uh, sweep out all the uh, Cheerios left over and uh, crayons and whatnot. Uh. Now, I've owned two Odysseys before I bought the Durango. I, I don't know if I'd run out and buy another one with the vacuum, and it's only going to be on the probably $45,000 touring, touring elite. elite. Yeah. So um, they didn't say much about other Odysseys. They're probably all going to get six-speed automatics. And uh, Probably. I think that's inevitable. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it kind of reminds me of a few years ago. I think the Ford Flex had a washing machine in the back. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, something that excited me is Volvo. Volvo's going to sell station wagons again. Yep, the V60. That's a wagon a version of car. the S60. It's uh, not, doesn't have all that much room in it, but uh, it's a very stylish uh, kind yeah. of a wagon. Kind of like a, uh, it's going to be a good competitor for an Audi all-road. Well, much like I love the Regal, I love the S60 for similar reasons. It's, it's great to drive, feels pretty light, really nicely finished, not a big car. I mean, Volvo, again, way years ago I had a Volvo wagon. And now the only wagon you could get from Volvo would be the jacked up uh, the XC70. XC70. So it's good to see them going back this way. And on one more personal note, they updated the Durango. Oh, very personal note. And, yeah. and you know, I love my Durango. But despite this job, I have the same problems that other people have. When do I update my car? You know, it's got a new eight-speed automatic. It's got the really nice touch screen. I don't, don't love mine. How but, about that knob for uh, the shifter? It's going yeah. to make you feel like you have a Range Rover or a Jaguar. Oh, there you go. It will make me feel like I have a Jaguar. But you know what makes me feel better? Having a car that's paid for. And my wife would kill me if we traded ours in on a new yeah. Durango. Yeah, I think you're keep it for a while. I think we'll stick with that. So a big thanks to all of you for sticking with us through this podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the highlights here of the New York Auto Show. Please send us your feedback through the YouTube comments or through the comments on our blog. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Tom Mutchler. Gabe Shenhar. Thanks again.